0: Before we get to today's episode ahead of the 2019 NBA Draft, we want to remind you that this podcast Off the Bench is powered by BioFreeze, the official topical reliever of the Washington Wizards. BioFreeze offers fast-acting, long-lasting, powerful pain relief to help you feel no limits. BioFreeze can be found at your local retailer as well as online. Zach Rosen here from WashingtonWizards.com, and with me I have Jacob Rehm, Ryan Dizdier and Chris Gehring. Guys, before uh, we get to tomorrow's NBA draft, we've got uh, a few things to discuss. We're going to go through our mocks. Uh, once we get to nine for the Wizards, we're going to talk about, you know, who would be around uh, there and kind of narrowing it down. I know we've talked about between, you know, seven to ten guys. We've interviewed some prospects down the line. Uh, but today we're literally gonna go through a mock draft uh, amongst the four of us um, and we'll see where we end up I, I know one there's a lot of debate about who's gonna go number one this year um, <laughs> so I don't I don't even know if we can start there I think it might be a little too uh, big of a debate but uh, Jacob you're you know you're the the most decisive of us can you please let us know who you thinks going number one
1: uh, with the number one overall pick, I will select for the Pelicans, Bruno, Fernando, <laughs> University of Maryland. That seems like a homer pick. All right, we'll go with Zion. <laughs> All right,
0: Zion's going one. I've heard this before. Uh, what's your analysis of the pick? He's real good. There we go.
1: All right, we're going to move on from Zion. Uh, I mean, look, he's a we know he's a potentially transcendental talent. Like, I don't think there's much more that has to be said about this one. They probably
0: didn't. We weren't going to trade uh, Anthony Davis without having Zion uh, being picked at one. We can, I think we can agree on that, right? That's
2: a fair assessment. Yeah,
1: there haven't been any trades made yet. Let's not
3: speculate. That's, that's right. True. It's not is official <clears throat> through the league office. Yeah, uh, I
0: should
1: say. all right. Well, we're going to move
0: on to two to Ryan
3: John ja Moran. Hmm. Just because I think that they should consider RJ Barrett but John Moran just makes the most sense for the timeline for them and pairing him with Jaron Jackson is a really really nice young duo so um, I think they'll think about it a lot to take RJ Barrett but ultimately John Moran
0: did you guys see Jaron Jackson post on social media that he couldn't check into a hotel because he's not 21 yet or something (laughs) he needed like a real adult to check him in that's incredible. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it appears Memphis is going for the full reset. Um, yep. They have new leadership in their front office and everything, too, so it, it would make sense. Yeah. Bring on.
2: So, at three, I think the 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 Knicks, they need, they, everyone was talking about what happens if the Knicks were to get Zion, the kind of impact it would make on the league, things like that. I think that it's a fairly obvious pick for them at three, assuming they stay there, don't do anything else, and I think it has to be R.J. Barrett. Um, RJ. Barrett maybe had moments in college where you know people started to doubt him, but I think you have to remember the kind of talent that he was evaluated as coming out of high school and coming at coming into Duke. Um, I think some, I mean obviously Zion was was the top prospect and the phenom, but RJ Barrett, getting a talent like RJ. Barrett at third overall is, I think, it's a steal for the Knicks. I think he's going to be a star in this league. I think he has great great star potential and at New York in New York, excuse me. Um the sky is the limit for him. So I think I think RJ Baird's an easy pick, and I don't think that they're going to overthink it.
0: And then we're moving to four where this is kinda of where the draft is gonna completely swing one way or the other. Now, we know, as we said before, that trade isn't official, but According to all the reports, uh, even LeBron's Instagram, Anthony Davis, is going to the Lakers, which means this number four pick, which the Lakers got in the lottery, will now go to the Pelicans. There's a lot of rumors they're going to also flip that pick, which would make sense, because I think the guy here, and if it's not the Pelicans, some other team's going to trade up. I think Darius Garland gets picked fourth. I don't know if it's going to be to the Pelicans, so maybe I'll make two picks. I say if the Pelicans keep the pick, they draft Jarrett Culver from Texas Tech who I think could go anywhere between 4 and 8. He's a defensive stopper. He's improved offensively. He was in a great system at Texas Tech. But I think a team will trade up and draft Darius Garland, who is coming off a severe injury. But if you watch some of his tape, I mean, he's the real deal. A lot of people think he's kind of in the second tier by himself. Um, And I I think a team, especially with 20 teams in the league that don't have point guards going into this next season, somebody's going to trade up for him. Um,
1: and make him into their franchise point guard moving forward. So for the purposes of this draft, as I go get set to draft for the Cavs right here, did you take Darius Garland or did you take Jarrett Culver? Uh just say Garland. Okay. So with Garland off the board, the Cavs take Jarrett Culver. Okay. Um great. I I think that he is He is outside the top three, I think that he's probably the safest player in the draft, who also has reasonable upside. I mean, you know he he can do a little bit of everything. Super versatile, versatile Swiss knife can create his own shot. Um, you, know, you know he's going to put in a lot of effort on the defensive end. Um, Playing a great system at Texas Tech, I think that I think mean, he's pretty safe. I, I don't I don't know about his upside. I don't know how I don't know how great he's going to be in the league. But I do think that I do think that he's like like safe starter third yeah. fourth option sort of guy. And and a, and, a, and a good pick for the Cavs in this spot. Chris, you're from Cleveland.
2: Yeah, I was just going to say I think here they're looking at a couple of guys who probably have high floors. You're looking at like DeAndre Hunter, Jarrett Culver. Um, I think it might be hard for them to go wrong. I don't know if they can get a guy who has an incredibly high ceiling with this pick. But I agree. I think if Culver's there, I think they'll be happy. I think they'd be probably happy to take Hunter as well. They obviously need wing help and you know they need help pretty much everywhere yeah. so
3: best player available for the Cavs of sure. drafting yep uh with the Suns at six I think Kobe White I mean it's not a secret at this point that Phoenix needs a point guard to pair with Devin Booker in their backcourt and Kobe White's the best on the board obviously has a high pedigree has a high motor can shoot can drive can finish plays with intensity I think he's exactly what the Suns need and uh unfortunate for the team making the seventh pick but uh Kobe White to the Suns like Ja Morant, the Grizzlies just <clears throat> makes a lot of sense based on the, make, the makeup of the team and kind of what they need, and that would really put a stamp on their youth movement to pair him with Devin Booker, in, Mikael Bridges. That's pretty good uh, core to have.
2: Yeah, and so if the, Bulls, if, if the Bulls don't have Kobe White on the board, I think going into this draft, they're hoping that somehow he's there because they also need point guard help really badly. And we talked to Kobe White in the last podcast. We saw him work out. I think he has a a ton of potential to be a super versatile guard, not only a point guard, but um, can do a lot for your team. So with him being off the board, I think for the Bulls, I mean, obviously they have Otto Porter. We know that um, as a wing, but maybe you you can never have too many. And I think that DeAndre Hunter is a great value here for them. Obviously Cam Reddish is still on the board at this point too and if you would have talked about Cam Reddish coming out of high school in relation to this draft getting him maybe at 7 or 8 is a really really good spot to get him so i think you end up between those two guys if you're the Bulls here at 7 uh for the for the sake of this mock draft i'll I'll take DeAndre Hunter i think that watching him in the tournament watching him grow as a guy who can obviously defend and has an NBA ready frame he also hit some really big shots. He created his own shot a few times in the tournament that was impressive and good to see for a guy who I think has a reputation of being um, maybe not a guy with the highest ceiling in the draft. And so I think that he has some of that potential in there. I think the Bulls like that at this point.
1: I think it's no secret the Bulls would like Garland or White to be there, though. Absolutely. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: yeah
1: for I sure. I mean, you look at the you look at their roster construction, they got a lot of nice young pieces there, but there is, there's a pretty glaring hole at point guard. Yep. yep. Yeah, I think the I mean, one
0: thing they won't do is take a big. I think otherwise they just need to draft the best player available Koeman, there.
1: Yeah, Carter, Markkinen, Dunn, dear old friend Otto. <coughs> yep. Yeah. They got nice they got pieces. Levine, Zach Levine. but Probably
0: a little more than Dunn. <laughs> yeah. Dunn might be Dunn there. Yeah. No pun intended. Yeah. Uh, moving on to eight, I think the Hawks will take either at eight or ten, will take Cam Reddish with one of these picks unless they trade up. Uh just very high upside. They just traded Torian Prince. They have a hole at wing. Ken Baysmore, I think, only has one year left on his deal, um, and he doesn't even start, which, you know, it doesn't always mean anything. But I, f- I feel like here the Hawks really need a wing. They clearly are set at point guard, at power forward, at shooting guard. Um, a wing would help here. Um, Reddish has some, some injury concerns. I think there are also some character concerns. But overall, like, you're getting one of the most talented players at eight. I, I think it's kind of a no-brainer for the Hawks there. Um, but we'll see what they think. They have six picks in this draft, so it's pretty substantial. Um, all right, well, next up is nine, so we're going to kind of slow down. A, a quick point yeah. on
1: the on the character concern thing, and I just think that, you know, like obviously we don't know anything, but I, I do think that, like, a lot of the time that gets blown out of proportion, media makes – Mountains out of molehill stuff like that. I don't know Cam Reddish, but I mean, like, it's just. I mean, time after time again, you hear these guys slip through for character reasons, and they end up being great dudes and great players. And I think, I think this, I think that the potential is there for yeah. that to be the case well, I would with say
0: Cam Reddish. Character, especially in this case, I think is more about fit than anything. I don't think he's like a bad kid. I think mm-hmm. it's all about you know uh, being the star of a team and then going to another. You know, it's something we see in the NBA all the time. So and, um,
2: and with the hawks just quickly, like you said, with all those picks that they have, they are obviously a, a major candidate to move around and shake up this shake up the draft a little bit and who might pick ahead of the wizards and things like that. So it's something to keep an eye on. They have a lot of ammo and they have a lot of pieces that they already like. So that gives them a, that gives them an interesting perspective on this draft.
0: So at nine, we're gonna sl- kind of slow down the pace here. Um, Based on where we've gone, I feel like the 8 that we've selected in our mock draft is kind of what most people are projecting to go in the top 8. So then moving forward at 9, the Wizards will will have their options. Uh, As many people have said, it's kind of the next tier of prospects. Um, I don't think they're too far down from Cam Reddish by any means. But options there will be... uh, few guys that worked out for the team, Nasir Little from North Carolina, Keldon Johnson, Kentucky, Sekou Doumbaya from France, uh, Rui Hachimura, Gonzaga, PJ Washington, Kentucky, Brandon Clark, Gonzaga. Um, just to name a few, I mean, you could go in a lot of different directions. Uh, Jackson, Hayes, Texas, a big that would make sense there. And I know we've gone through a lot of these guys. Um, but what do you guys think at this point? If you're just narrowing down, what, what kind of pick do you think the Wizards should make here? Do you go for the highest upside? Do you go for the highest floor? You know, we don't really need to... I think we'll all make a final prediction who we think um, at the end of this discussion, but what do you think the Wizards should be looking for now that we're a day
2: away? I think that when you look at a, a roster that already has Bradley Beal, and presumably you know they want to build around him, you want to find pieces that can complement him. Um, I, I don't think the Wizards would have a problem here with taking a guy who has a really high floor, a guy who has a lot of college experience, and you know, trying to trying to just build that way. I think guys like Rui Hachimura, Brandon Clark, the um, Nasir Little is not necessarily a guy with a lot of college experience, but he does have big time college experience. Um, those three all have that in common, and so there's a lot of directions they could go, and I don't think any of them are wrong, which is, as, as a fan and, you know, as somebody who, the, the Wizards have a lot of spots on their roster with this season coming up, and I think as a fan, when you look at this, I would be happy with probably four or five guys at this spot. I really liked Nasir Little. I think watching him work out and talking to him kind of helped that, and kind of makes, makes me biased. I think all of us would agree with that, but he seems like a guy who's who has a combination of NBA-ready tools and a guy that can defend already, has an explosive athleticism, and I think that that lends, it, lends him to a really high ceiling as well if he can develop his skill set more and use those tools. And so that combination makes him my favorite, um, but I think that, that there are a lot of directions. Sakudem Boya is in that category as well with a guy with insane potential. The so, youngest player in the draft. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think
1: <clears throat> we took the youngest player in the draft last year. It's true. It's Could true. do it again. Yeah. yeah, with Bradley Beal once as well, I believe.
3: Yep. And I think something is definitely worth being said about taking a guy like Dumboya who just has, like you mentioned, Chris, just insane upside. And is he a guy who can come in and is he the most NBA ready? Probably not. But can he still contribute as a rookie and you know help down the stretch? Probably. And I think that based on the timeline of the team and just where things stand, he could be a, a player like that who is high upside but has the raw talent, who's able to contribute at the same time while still developing is uh, a really intriguing avenue to look at as well.
0: And the other thing about Dumboya, um, and I, I do think there are some similarities to just the way Giannis came over, the the young, very raw, only been playing professional for a few years. Dumboya's been playing longer than Giannis, but um, just coming to America, getting adjusted, and that all. I think it'll be easier for Seku because he has lived on his own for four years in where he's been playing in France. So he's been a professional a long time already. Mm-hmm. Gone to the basketball without borders camps and such. He's he's more NBA ready um, mentally than I think a lot yeah. of these guys yeah. usually are. Yep. So I think that's great. Um, and then looking at some of the other prospects, like I think Brandon Clark is like. One of the safest picks, if you really want to go, you know, high floor. He's he's gonna contribute, I think, right away. I think you can say the same about Hachimura. Keldon Johnson is maybe you know if you end up trading down, someone you try to get. Um, I think he just looks like an NBA player. Um, Tyler Harrow is another kid who we haven't really discussed much, but I I just feel like he's gonna go higher than people think. He can get buckets. He's a good teammate. Um, so a lot of these Kentucky kids.
1: It's a good shooter. Shooting's a pretty really lot a premium, and so, I mean, that's you know, I think I mean I think you can make the case. I mean, all three of the Kentucky kids just look like NBA players to me. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. I have PJ Washington <laughs> put that in the mix too. They're all going to go in the first round, I think.
2: The other the other guy to mention here, another guy that that hasn't been to DC, um, but has been mocked to the Wizards pretty consistently, without having a ton of hype necessarily for it being like closer related. But is Jackson Hayes from Texas, and we should mention him just as another uh, super young guy. He's 19, 7 feet though, huge wingspan, huge athleticism. Um, another raw, another raw talent probably that will take some time to develop, but certainly could I think could become a really good modern modern big man, a guy who can protect the rim once he bulks up a little bit and uh, be super a really, athletic, get yeah. down the floor. Yeah.
0: I feel like if the Wizards pass on him, the Hawks take him at ten if they yeah, still yeah. that pick. I feel like that's almost like not a guarantee, but I feel like that's a very safe bet.
2: Yeah. But the way that with the way that Collins has developed in Atlanta, you get to pair him with a su- another super athletic, long, big like that. Um, that could be a really potent pairing for them for a long time.
1: The so, two of them. So I see. I say we um we get we obviously we you know we're all, we all personally here differ in our opinions of who the Wizards should select. Um. We also, um, you know, uh, we we don't know what uh, we don't know what Tommy and company are doing on draft night. But let's let's give the Wizards a player here. Um, let's give them for the sake of argument. Let's give them Sakud um, Boy And you always want to continue the mock for another? Yeah, I think 10 it or makes so sense, picks
0: just especially because everybody else is mocking him there for sure. Um, um, so even it was- though it's so funny how the mocks like. Well, we have absolutely no idea what the Wizards are going to do, but this makes the most sense, so that's it's, what we're going to do. You
1: say it's funny, but then we're doing the exact same thing right, right now.
0: No, but still, it, it is. I think if there's anything to say, a lot of these teams are not good about uh, people leaking stuff. The Wizards have been very uh, to the chest about this draft, which I think is very important, especially with when there's a lot of unknowns in the draft because yeah. you don't know who they like. And they might, you know, we don't know, they might like someone who's projected 20th, to go nine or to trade back and be a steal so for sure i so know. let's
1: so let's just give the wizard saku and let's continue um we'll move to atlanta at 10 um is whose turn is it i don't know i'll go <laughs> okay i'll sure. say
0: jackson hayes at 10 i just think like we we already discussed he fits really well with collins long-term piece this team knows they're not trying to win a championship tomorrow they're built for 2023 um so i'll go i'll go jackson hayes
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna mock nasir little uh, to Minnesota can he coexist with Andrew Wiggins I, I don't I don't know but I mean I th- I, I, I like him in this spot um, he's a high upside guy um, I think the wolves you know are I mean the wolves the wolves could think that they're on the cusp of you know playoffs with towns but I I mean I think in that Western Conference they need to shoot higher I mean you, they could go floor here with a guy like Brandon Clark, who you know, is going to be solid. But I'm going to I'm going to mock them some upside here with Little. I also who think he, I think was a little bit miscast at North Carolina, and I think could be really good. Seems Absolutely. like a Ryan
0: Saunders kind of guy.
1: Yeah. yeah. Shout out our old friend Ryan Saunders. Congrats to him on... Full-time, full-time gig. Full-time right. gig.
3: I'll go with Brandon Clark at 12 to the Hornets. Um, could you some wing help. And I think he's, like we mentioned, he's just very safe, uh, high floor kind of guy. And I, I think he could eventually give them... Uh, a reprieve from Nicholas Batum, so I just think that safe, easy. Don't have to think too much about it.
0: And that team needs guys who can contribute on cheap contracts right away. Yeah, because they are cap strapped.
2: So that leaves it. That leaves us at Miami with Rui Hachimura and PJ Washington still on the board for us here at my, here in Miami. <laughs> I think that those are. I think those are two guys that again you can't go wrong. But if I'm Miami. At this spot I I still think I'm picking more upside and I think that I like PJ Washington I like his his ability to shoot the ball I mean he is he's a really good shooter for his size and I think that he can really contribute for them they could use some help in that department they have a few wings that I think maybe they still like that are intriguing Richardson maybe Winslow we'll see what happens with their offseason but I like PJ Washington for the heat but now at this point Rui Hachimura becomes a steal for whoever, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think at 14, he he would be a steal for the Celtics, but I don't really see the fit there. They have Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. I know these are mm-hmm. different. Like, he plays more like a four than a two or three wing. Mm-hmm. But I still I, – that's just like a lot of size taking up. I think if I'm the Celtics, I look for some scoring. I would go Tyler Hero at 14. Uh, we talked about him briefly, but he's been – you know, a top 25 prospect in this in this class for a long time. Uh, I, th- I think I was most impressed just the way he uh, transitioned from high school to college. In high school, he was the guy. He was the best player in the state of Wisconsin by far. And when he went to Kentucky, he had to become more of a team player, and he did, and he was really effective. So Absolutely. Um, the Celtics, by the way, have three picks in this kind of range, 14, um, 20, and 22, so... They're probably going to pick a project, unless they make a trade, a project with one of these picks, two other guys who can contribute. So I'll go with a contributor
1: right here. Um, so I've got the Pistons, and I think it's clear they need a big man. Um, just kidding. <laughs> um, I'm going to give the Pistons Nikhil Alexander-Walker from Virginia Tech. I think uh, this is another kid with a ton of upside. Mm-hmm. Um, was really young last year Virginia Tech, uh, played in Justin Robinson's shadow a little bit. Um, stepped up in the NCAA tournament in their Sweet 16 run, and uh, and he could be a, he could be a nice compliment to uh, uh, to Blake and Drummond, uh, assuming they keep that duo together. Rui's really fallen
2: a quality a quality pick for for Detroit, though. I like Nikhil a lot, and a guy that probably hasn't been talked about a ton in big draft dis- discussions.
1: And Rui's probably not going 16 to the Magic no. either.
3: No, because going 16 to the Magic is Romeo Langford. I think that uh, he's he, – I don't know if he really lived up to expectations after, you know, leaving high school in his time at Indiana, but I think he has a good upside if he just continues to develop his three-point shot. And the Magic are a really interesting team because they have some guards, predominantly among them uh, Markel Fultz, but you don't really know. Like, I think he's probably going to – end up being more of a two, but if he doesn't work out, then what do you do? So I think that Romeo Langford gives them a lot of insurance moving forward with their kind of situation in the backcourt.
2: So here we are with the Hawks again. We've talked to the, talked about them a lot. I wouldn't be surprised again if they use this pick in a, in a different... if they use this pick in a trade or something like that come draft night. But for the sake of drafting them right now, Rui's still on the board. I don't know that they that they really need Rui as much as they might like somebody like Keldon Johnson. Just another wing who can be dynamic and shoot the ball. Like we said, they got rid of Torrey and Prince. They can use some guys you can play um, with, with certainly with Trey Young, but Herter and all those other guys. So I will take Keldon Johnson here for the Hawks at 17. At 18 we are at the Pacers,
0: who are an interesting team. Been rumored to be trying to trade up a um, few free agents. I mean, I think it's pretty clear where they lack, and it's it's at point guard, and uh, they don't know what Bogdanovich's status will be. I think this team is in position to draft a, a point guard, but also I could see them going with just best player available because they are good. Like, mm-hmm. they're they're going to uh, be a force in the playoffs, and Oladipo is healthy. Um, but I guess I will still go point guard just because of Thad young Sabonis there's there's still a lot of guys that would impede drafting Rui Hachimura and they're young so Turner and Sabonis are young I'll go Kevin Porter Jr. who a lot of people are saying is one of the most talented players in this draft Um, I think he fits there even with Aaron Holiday who I think can play one or two and this team just needs young guards really I mean Darren Collison and Corey Joseph are free agents they're older so I'll go, Kevin Porter Jr.
1: Well, I am one hundred percent going to stop Rui's fall with San Antonio right here. Wow, and I don't this know if there is a, a better fit in the draft than this. And you know, I, yeah. look, Rui's not going nineteen. I, I, I really trade up. I really don't yes. think this will happen. But man, if Popovich gets Rui in his lap right here, holy cow! Um, I, I, they, look, um, I, I think that I, I look. We're not probably not heroes here. I think it is far more likely than not that Rui goes in the lottery. If not the top 10, he's really good. I don't know how we ended up in this spot right here. Um, choices had to be made. Choices had to be <laughs> made, I guess, but I mean, man, uh, oh, oh, watch the wizards end up with him after we mocked him at number 19. Right. Um, but, um, but I mean, man, if somehow he got all the way down to 19 to pop, that is some kind of match made in heaven right there. Learn from Marcus Aldridge. Um, and, and he's just a pop kind of guy. It's a, it's, it's a perfect fit, but like I said, I think that there is virtually a 0% chance yeah. that in real totally life agree. Totally Rui, agree. Is get, Rui is falling this far. And uh, sorry if you're listening to this, Rui, which I'm sure you are. <laughs> really, really sorry for this one, but uh, enjoy your time in San Antonio.
3: <laughs> At 20, bull, bull. Let's get, let's get crazy. Um, the rumors that Al Horford may not return certainly impact the Celtics' decision-making here, but just take a risk. Why not? I mean, Bull Bol is obviously a guy who, if he pans out, could be just an absolute monster. So, I think probably going to take some time, and it's going to take the right coaching, but adding him to that Celtics team that still has some good, good pieces, I think could be worth the risk, but someone has to take it, and I wouldn't be surprised if he goes a lot higher than this, but uh, at 20... Think the Celtics take a chance?
2: So at 21, we have the Thunder, who have obviously the core that we know about: Stephen Adams, a big that we know about, and Russell and Paul George. So they could go a ton of ways here. I am looking right now at a mock that has Goga, Batadze, mock to them. They certainly could use another big. They could use another presence down low, and so based off some rankings though i I'm, i will give them goga he's he's ranked 17th on espn's big board i don't know we don't know a ton about him and i think a lot of fans would, would agree likewise that we don't know a lot about him but where he's ranked kind of pretty consistently uh, i think this would be a good value pick for them and they could certainly use some depth in that in that area
0: hey look it's the celtics again at 22 yeah. I'm going to go with Nick Claxton. He's been rumored to be picked by them at some asp- at some pick in the first round. Uh, just one of those guys who plays hard. He fits their DNA, especially if they're going to lose these stars. They're going to be playing, you know, back to what they were a few years ago in the playoffs with Marcus Smart kind of being their M.O. So, Nick Claxton, Tom Crean, Georgia.
1: Um, so, I think I have the Jazz at 23. And full disclosure for the group, I'm not really sure who's gone and who hasn't at this point, as I don't think any of this us are writing this down. Um, but I don't think that. Did Keldon Johnson go? Yes, yes. Okay, so I'm going to give the Jazz. I think they could use guard help, and we're going to give them a national champion in Ty Jerome. Ooh. I um, like that fit. Yeah, I do too. Um, you know, good shooter, help them stretch the floor a little bit around Rudy.
0: Good size yeah. for their defense. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. You know who I'm going with at 24 to the Sixers. Bruno Fernando. Wow. (laughs) Let's go. They really, in all seriousness, they really, really, I mean, you saw it in the playoffs when Embiid went out. They just need playable bigs. And if they're going to trim money at any position, it's going to be the center position with Embiid. And I think Fernando gives them, like a couple years ago when they had Rashawn Holmes, just like three times better and just a a guy who can be productive on offense still needs work defensively but you can play him in the playoffs if you're the Sixers and I think that it's a perfect fit uh it's what they need and I think it will be able to give Embiid some much needed rest without worrying about the entire team collapsing in the second round of the playoffs you don't want Amir Johnson to keep playing in the playoffs (laughs) he's playing in the G League (laughs)
2: there we go Delaware so that brings us to the Portland Trailblazers, who I th- I still think that they could use. Obviously, they have a dynamic scoring duo at the guard spot. They have some bigs that they you know they need Nurk back.
1: They have a if Ennis comes back, they have a myriad of bigs if Ennis and Nurk come back. Right. They
2: so need a wing. I think they need a wing for like five years. And when we're looking at the wings that are available, Cameron Johnson is kind of a. Is a really interesting player for me here for them because he can score, he can shoot. Obviously, we know that, um, but he can be kind of a, I don't know, maybe a better version, a better shooting version of a guy like Moharklis. Things like that. Uh, Matisse De Bouillet is also on the on the board here. He shot pretty well at Washington. is a good defender, but I will give them Cameron Johnson here at twenty five to the blade to the Blazers. Cam Johnson, I like. Uh, at
0: 26 of the Cavs, again, they just gotta go best player available. And I think this is the pick they're getting from Houston from the Brandon Knight trade where they absorb like him, Marquise Chris. Yep. So, you'd like for this to pay off and be a, a probably a high floor guy, I would say. You want someone you know is gonna play. So, I really have no idea how to pronounce, I, I don't know if you pronounce it correctly, but Matisse Thibault or Thibouli, the kid from Washington, he's an probably one of the best defending prospects to come out of college in the last decade. He like led them in blocks at and he's like a 6-5 guard. Yeah. Just a really interesting prospect who uh can guard basically almost five positions. Uh just a useful piece maybe becomes a trade piece down the line for them. I, again, just best player available for Cleveland here.
1: Have we taken Kevin Porter Jr.?
0: Yes, at 18.
1: Great. Um this is like the this is like your fantasy draft with your friends yeah, when the yeah, one guy who didn't keep track. Uh, uh, I am going to take to the nets now. Then uh, we're gonna go Carson Edwards Ooh, from wow. Purdue. I mean, I, I love this guy. Um, he I he's 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 obviously undersized, but man, he can score. Um, and uh, We've seen
2: undersized guards who can score or succeed in this league. Yeah. And, um, he has and a, a big wingspan, I think, too, for his size or something. Uh, he
1: averaged 24 points a game at Purdue. and uh,
2: Pretty
0: good.
1: He can probably play in the backcourt next to Giangelo. I think
0: that's a great pick. Or
1: insert another point guard from the East here. I don't know what. The, he could He could be their thir- a third guard, too. Yeah, uh, I, than I don't Chavez know. Navier probably. I don't know what yeah. they're going to do, but I think that the guard is a good fit for them right there. I've really thought about giving them. Uh, um, a guy that has probably slipped too far down our board in um, Nicholas Claxton. but uh, he, went he went I to already, Boston already. Oh, we've already taken yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're giving a great introspection of what it's like uh,
0: day-to-day with you. <laughs> 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 Wait, did Zion go?
3: <laughs> I'm gonna With give the
1: 28th pick to Golden State, I'm going to give him Zion. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I really think that's a great fit for them at 28. I, he I slipped down agree. the board a little bit.
3: I'm going to give uh, the Warriors Eric Paschal. I think that a he's a Nova guy, so of course so, you are. Yeah, he's coachable, great yes. guy, but uh, he kind of reminds me of Kayvon Looney a little bit in the sense that he just he plays just so hard. He's a pretty good passer. He's a he's a good enough three point shooter. He can space the floor fairly well. I think that he, he's kind of like you know just gives them another solid piece who can come in and contribute. And obviously the whole makeup of the Warriors is going to be entirely different next year, and it's gonna be really interesting to see, but a guy like Pascal who obviously you know comes from a good coaching background, can learn, can adapt, I think it's just solid pick for them.
0: I know we talked about character earlier. I forget oh is that about Cam Reddish. I've heard that Pascal is like one of the most high character guys oh, in this yeah. draft. So whoever gets him will get a good kit
2: no matter what. So that brings us to the Spurs once again. They have another pick here at twenty nine. And it's interesting, they have a little bit of an aging roster on the wing, and sitting here, I'm looking at some of these overall, overall ranks. A guy who didn't play at all last year, Darius Bat Bazley. I don't know how teams view him. I don't know where that, where his last year ranks for them, and how important that is. But he's a super talented player that came out of high school that was really highly regarded. I think at some point somebody's got to go, got to pick him here. The Spurs have already made selections in the first round, and so let's give him Darius Paisley and see what they can do with him. The Mr. Irrelevant of
0: our draft, not the real draft, because there's 30 more picks, but we're We're not doing the the second? second. (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, At 30, I'm going to give the Milwaukee Bucks, who I think really want to trade this pick to get rid of some salary, but I'm going to give them Grant Williams. Either way, I think he's just a winner. Wherever he goes, he's going to be an impactful player. He's NBA ready. I don't know why he's going so late, probably just because of his age, but I don't know. I could see him getting picked, you know, in the early twenties, flying up the radar a little bit. Um, but yeah, winning basketball player gets you far in the NBA. Yep. All right. Well, that's our. For the record,
1: if I had the first pick of the second round, I would have given the Nets either Dylan Windler, who I what
0: school did he go to? Uh, Belmont. Yep. I learned that today.
1: Um, or Taylon Horton Tucker.
0: Who is that? It's the Iowa State Kid. That State. is the Iowa State Kid. All right. Well, uh, the draft is tomorrow. Uh, I will be in New York, but these guys will be doing an emergency pod reacting to the first round pick of the Wizards. As Unless long as something ever, funny th- had happens. Yes. As long as everything goes to plan. Uh, and well, we'll be rolling out more content than you can ever imagine uh, from in D.C. and New York. It should be a really intriguing inside look at what this process has been like for the Wizards and. Uh, what's next. And then Friday, the first round pick uh, presumably will be in D.C. We'll podcast with him, maybe members of his family, um, but it, it's exciting. And from there, the Wizards will be hosting mini camp in D.C. next week uh, before they go to Summer League, which begins uh, in Vegas the first week of July. So we're we finally booked started. our hotels. Yeah. Yeah, so. we go. We're, we're just getting started, though. This summer is kicking off basically tomorrow and we'll be going strong for a few weeks. So. Uh, but for now, looking forward to see who the Wizards take. Just anybody in the draft is always a fun night. I think in yeah. the NBA and the NFL especially, those two leagues, they really know how to do it, put on a show for it. Um, but until then, I guess we'll we'll talk to you guys tomorrow, or you all will talk to them tomorrow. Um, and sorry, Rui Hachimura, that you fell to 19.
1: How do you not remember the Dylan Windler performance against Maryland and Maryland eating that out against them?
0: Because Trey Waters happened too. Oh. oh, I had to bring it up. And on that <laughs> note, we'll talk to you soon.